Well, Pinkies, this is the Fade Driver, and I am driving the Tow Monster for the first time in a full month, and it's stuck in its little, um, l the lumps of the driveway that I, <laughs> that I built for it. I don't, that, you know, have no idea what that means. I'm not going to explain it. So, Pinkies, it's been a month or maybe two months since I podcasted last because I went away on a big trip, trip of a lifetime, um, and uh, um, just get working. Got to work my way through a construction zone here. Pardon me, un momento. Waving to all the construction flag girls and the flag man. Um, so, Mr. Anderson and I have been to England, UK, London, England, uh, and we've also been to the European Union, to several countries in the European Union over the last, well, we were gone for 18 days. Oh! Oh, shoot. One moment, please. All right. Telephone conversation dealt with. Let us resume our conversation. So, yes, Mr. Anderson and I, at the right at the beginning of April, the end of March, last couple of days of March, we went and flew to London Heathrow Airport. We rented a flat, sort of. It was like a hotel, but it was basically a flat um, in Chelsea, um, and we spent nine days in London, doodling around London. Uh, it was quite interesting. It was a lot of fun. We did a lot of things. We went a lot of places. Um, I drank warm beer. Uh, you know, they, they do sell beer by the draft, draft beer, which is, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of draft beer. Um, where's my Jake break? Um, and, uh, uh but uh, like 50% of it is not refrigerated. So, uh, you know, I guess that's a thing there. So we had some warm beer. We had some cold beer, proper cold beer. Funny, a lot of the, there's a lot of, um, like these pubs, these pubs are, are everywhere. The little, you know, little pubs and the stores are so small too. But anyway, these little pubs, there's, there's like franchises of pubs. So, you know, we went to a pub and we got a menu and we ate, drank the warm beer and ate some of the food one day. And then we went to another pub, which was kind of a different, it was a different name, I'm pretty sure. But it was a franchise because the menus were all identical. The building didn't look identical. It wasn't named. I don't think it had the same name. But it was obviously a part of this chain. And then we started to notice, well, like every second or third pub is associated to this chain. I don't remember the name of the chain. but So that was a bit of a funny thing. Now, everything in London and every, every, many places, like all the hotels we had for our entire 18-day trip. They're all tiny, but um, many of the... <laughs> 
many of the places we went are so small and everything is so small. The roads are small. <laughs> the cars are small. Um, the stores are small. Uh, so, you know, our flat was really small. Um, I mean, I get it. You know, there's 65 million people in, in uh, just in England. Uh, I'm not sure if that's in London. Probably not. But in all of England, there's 65 million people. Paris has 67 or 68 million people. So there's a lot of people crammed into uh, these tiny countries. So, um, you know, uh, all these things are so tiny. The stores are so small. They have these little grocery stores, which are, you know, they're basically called expresses or uh, Sainsbury Local is one. And it's, it's a version of the large grocery store, like your, uh, you know, Save On Foods, your Safeway or whatever. But it's scaled down to, to fit into a, a building the size of like a bodega um, or a corner store. Um, and it was kind of really interesting how they have all these very small portions. Everything is pre-packed. Um, they've got all these small portion meals. You can take, a, you can take two pieces of chicken in a box and you know for four pounds or you can get uh, a little box of mashed potatoes you know serving for one person for two or three pounds and all these little you know tiny grocery stores it's just uh, it's very efficient so you can stop on your way home from work or from wherever you're going for us we were out doing museums and touriming tourism being nuisance tourists we would stop at the local um, you know uh, uh, Tesco Express another one and load up on all these tiny little you know build a meal out of <laughs> these tiny little prepackaged portions for eight or ten dollars each so that was kind of interesting the whole food uh, grocery store process and then and then you know stores are like 16 no more than 20 feet wide and 40 feet long and you go you know you go into a bakery and it's this little space where the entire bakery is there and you get your baguettes or your buns or your super expensive coffee or whatever so that was really interesting. The car, the roads are so small. Um, you know, they they're cramming like a two a two lane um, city road into the space of about one and a half lanes that we would have in North America. And everybody in London drives a very expensive car, like. I saw so many Porsche, electric Porsche Taycans, Taycans, the fully electric Porsches, there are tons of them, uh, tons of uh, BMW electric i3 cars, these tiny little, you know, two-seater, maybe, well, it is a four-seater, but really it's a two-seater electric car, 
um, and Porsches and Jaguars. Now I, uh, you know, BMWs and such. Now I recognize these cars are all built in, you know, in the EU uh, on the continent. So they will be cheaper for most people, much cheaper than us in North America buying a BMW because we don't have, we have to pay the shipping to get it across the ocean. So there's a, there's a reason why there's a larger number of BMWs and all that. But they're all very nice-looking, expensive cars. We hardly saw a car that wasn't more than five years old. And, of course, for people living in London, they pay these congestion charges to be able to drive their car downtown London. So, um, I mean, despite that, it's very busy traffic-wise in London. Uh, so all of that was very interesting, and there's all this history in in England. I'll just maybe just talk about England today because I know I'm not going to get through everything. Um, uh, we went to all these historical places like London Tower, which is the, was the the king's residence, and and uh, London Bridge, which is not the everybody improperly calls. Tower Bridge, London Bridge. It's not. The London Bridge is not the bridge you think it is. That's the Tower Bridge. Um, so we went up and we did the tour through the Tower Bridge and we went to all these historical places. And um, we, uh, you know, it's one thing I noticed the tourism industry is, is thriving there in, in these cities because it's throngs and throngs of people so many people out there everywhere people are everywhere it's just jam-packed with people but they have these very good processes to get the tourists running through you know the tourist traps the museums and the you know the London Bridge and all these interesting things you want to see Um, and with you know I've by the end of the nine days, I felt like just another cow running down the chute, you know, just, you're all getting processed, okay, you're done, beep, beep, we scanned your ticket, get in line, follow the route, only go this way, and so, you know, there's all just lineups of people slowly making their way through, like the London Museum, for instance, which was very interesting, so... Uh, they got it down pat and and that was the same thing everywhere we went we went to Paris uh, and uh, Switzerland and all these places I'll tell you about Switzerland and Paris some other time Um, our flight over was quite was fine it was uh, good it was comfortable we weren't I didn't feel as jammed in as I did before when we flew to Ireland which was another 10-hour flight um, and we arrived in Heathrow. When you get to Heathrow, you have to walk for about 40 minutes to get from your airplane to, through the customs. And there's so many, so much walking to do. And then out to, then you got to walk to, we, wa- we went and got on the tube to get to our hotel downtown from Heathrow. And we had ordered, uh, pre-ordered the... Uh, the London tube pass. It's like a card, a debit. It's like a, 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 a RFID card that has the balance. You know, you 
loaded up with a bunch of money. So we already had our RFID Oyster card, uh, as Scotty will know, and anybody else who's from the UK will know about the London Tube and the Oyster card. So we used our Oyster card and the tube was really efficient. It was easy to use after you got the hang of it. I recognized that you needed to know three things. If you wanted to ride on the tube, you needed to know which train you wanted, because there's several different trains. So the name of the train line that you wanted, you wanted to know the ultimate end destination that your train was going to because that's how you determined which direction or which side of the of the uh, transit station to get onto and then you want to know what your destination what your stop is because you have to make sure you're getting on a train that goes beyond your stop so you want to know the terminating station of the train you're getting on because if you get on a train that doesn't go past the station you want to jump off at, you're going to get fucked. <laughs> and you're going to end up on a, on a train that changes direction halfway to your location. So you have to be very careful that you're stepping on a train that terminates beyond your destination. I hope that makes sense. Because there are several trains. You know, they'll have two or three trains will come. One train will go take you past your your stop that you want to get off at but the train immediately before it or following it although it's going in this generally the same direction that train could be going to a completely different and switching off track and going to a completely different location altogether so that's what you need to know what train you want what where that train is ultimately going to end up and what your destination is so that was once we figured that out we got we got uh, we got the hang of the tube system and it is very good and quite cheap uh, very affordable um, so we used the tube pretty much exclusively we didn't take a single london cab i kind of regret that not ever driving in a london cab but ah, what do you what are you gonna do um, so lastly, I'll talk about the flat and then I'll call it a day because I'm on my way to the dump. I'm going to have to get out uh, and get, throw out my garbage and all that. Okay, so we got this little flat. It was about 450 square feet in total. That included a bedroom slash living room that had a Murphy bed. So the bed would fold out of the wall. There was a little bit of an armoire there to put your clothes into and, you know, your socks and hang up your shirts and what have you, which was attached to the fold-out bed. And there was a little dining room table for two or three people and a coffee table and stuff. And you had to shove everything against the wall if you wanted to lay the bed down. Because you had about... This was, this was a spacious room. That room had like three feet on either side of the bed that you could walk around. Um, and then we had a kitchen, a very small galley kitchen, but it actually had every appliance you w could want. It had a dishwasher, it had a microwave, it had an oven and a stove top, and one of those washer dryer machines, a single unit combi all in one. Uh, machine that would wash your clothes and dry your clothes um, 
but it did take about five hours to do a load of laundry. Um, so, so there's that. So the kitchen was a good size. Uh, they don't actually have real coffee. Uh, there's no coffee makers. You know, in North America, you typically get a little coffee maker that you put your um, put a sack of coffee grounds into it, and then you uh, <coughs> you pour you know the water drip drip coffee. It, the coffee here was all instant coffee. Um, and then the bathroom was was funny because it was very long skinny bathroom and the tub was like one and a half feet wide and seven feet long maybe it was six feet long but but much but much different than a North American tub which would be like I don't know two feet two and a half feet long and uh, like five feet no, sorry, two and a half feet wide, two to two and a half feet wide, and five feet long. This tub was kind of much nicer because you could actually fill it up because it was so skinny. It didn't take too long to fill it up with water. Um, and you could sit in the tub and lay back and lean back. It was a very comfortable tub. Um, and then, and then and except the toilet was jammed in the corner. So you kind of had to sit sideways on the toilet. Um... So that was a bit of a strange thing, but that's all right. Um, I'm just going to shut my truck down because I'm here at the dump now, and then I'll continue talking. Now, the other thing was that was very interesting is that there's the entire flat, the heating system was powered by this um, electric boiler, which was in the kitchen. And the electric boiler creates all of the hot water for everything you might need hot water for. So um, the, the, the hot water boiler was about probably four gallons, I would say. It would be like a four, maybe a five gallon vessel that would heat the water up. And so you'd run hot water. Any hot water to the sinks was supplied by this boiler. Your shower water was supplied by this boiler. Your bathtub water, the same thing. But the heat, to heat the, you know, the bedroom, the kitchen, and the bathroom were all provided, all the heat was hot water heat provided by this boiler. And it would, you know, deliver hot water through all the tubes to these radiators. And then I think everyone has seen that in, in, in a bathroom in England or Europe they have those silver rack that the towels hang on and so that thing has hot water running through it so it serves two purposes it's the heating radiator you know to heat up the bathroom in the winter or the spring or whenever you need heat but also you can hang your towels on it and it will warm up or dry out your towels as the heat is being pumped through it so found that to be quite interesting uh, and I would, I was, I would have been curious to know how much it cost to run that boiler because that boiler was running all the time. Um, and of course, everything is on two twenty volt there, right? So, so all the switches. The, the other funny thing, the the major appliances in the kitchen had a master switch on the wall. So if you wanted to run the dishwasher or the 
you know, the, the washer dryer uh, or the oven, you had to turn on this master switch to provide power to all these devices. And then there were also little smaller switches. And the switches are upside down. In North America, you turn a flip, flip a switch up so the top pushes in or, you, you know, the pigtail switches, you flip it upward and that is on. In Europe, everything is upside down. So down is on and up is off. So that, uh, I mean, you know, you get used to it, but that was an odd thing. But it was interesting to me, and, and you know, all the plugins have switches too. So you want to plug in your kettle, you also have to turn the switch on because there's a switch right beside the, the three-pronged prang that you plug your kettle into. And then you turn the switch on and you heat up your kettle or your toaster or whatever. So uh, that was it. So we did have actually a nice time in London. We quite enjoyed our little flat. Um, and the other thing is that everybody in London is really fit and they look like they just stepped out of a catalog. Like they're all dressed well. They're slim people, I think because they walk so much because nobody drives. Everybody is walking to the tube and getting on the bus or whatever. So there's a lot of physical activity that people are doing just in their daily lives. Not like us big schlubs in in North America who walk from the door to the car, the front door of your house to the car. So everyone is very fit and they all look very healthy and they're all sexy and hot. Um, and uh, it was you know, nice to see all these uh, people. But I called this the starvation tour because um, food portions are small. <laughs> and say you order a burger for 14, 50 euros, you only get a burger. <laughs> you don't get French fries or salad or anything like that on the side. Um, and the French fries are not salted, so that was nice. Oh, we really enjoyed the French fries or the chips, um, which weren't salted, which would add about $3 to your bill if you wanted chips with your burger. So, uh, uh, but, you know, we were hungry all the time because <laughs> uh, we're pigs. So, anyway, that's part one of my trip to England and I'll get back at you again some other time. Sorry about the long delay. Also, if I sound funny, it's because we got COVID on the damn bus or the plane or something. Anyway, that's a different story. You'll have to tune in next time to hear about COVID. All right. I am the Faye Driver. You can email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. Thanks for listening.